Hello, it's AJ and welcome to the D Plus Club. As always, I'll be bringing you the latest news and rumours in the world of Disney Plus from the last week. I'll also be covering what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney Plus streaming service in the US and in the UK. And each week we have a weekly movie club, where we give you an overview of the movie along with some facts and some possible goofs. In the last show we covered the Marvel movie Avengers Age of Ultron. That episode, along with all previous episodes, is available now on all major podcasting platforms, including probably whichever one you're listening on right now. I actually had a look at my statistics the other day, and I think it's a pretty even split between both iTunes or Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. So yeah, no, thank you very much for everyone for listening in, of course. And of course, for this last week's move, we've been watching the movie Tron. I will get back to that a little bit later in the show, though, but how's everyone's week's been? It's actually been a pretty quiet week for me, to be honest. I've been working on some projects at work, just, you know, tying things over. Just There's a lot of little projects that need doing. I've arranged social media for like the next three weeks at work and uh, yeah it's been quite a casual week we have had some of our customers websites who have had some issues actually it's the same customer who's got three websites and all of them have just been left and not really been working properly so I've been working on those a lot and also I've been working on another little secret project which actually will get announced sometime this next week as well so yeah I'm really looking forward to uh, being able to speak about that one and uh, yeah, I'll not try and spoil that one because I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, it's been a nice, quiet week. We've had a bit of a busy weekend at home, just lots of little things that needed doing, going out and getting things. And yeah, it's it's just been a really nice weekend, actually, to be fair. So uh, it's a nice short week for me this next week as well. I'm only going to be working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I've actually got Thursday, Friday booked off. It's actually our kids' like half-term sort of thing. So yeah, they've got a week off and I didn't have a full week that I could get so I just had two days off and my wife could spare two days as well so uh, yeah we're going to take them out hopefully there's like a fairy trail that's done at one of like the uh, like local like old houses and things like that so we're looking forward to being able to hopefully do that weather permitting and then we've just got some shopping to do and things like that just you know, we've saved things up for a few days off and uh, we've then crammed them all into these two days. But yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to a bit of time off. I feel like I've needed it after the health issues recently, which speaking of, I'm actually feeling a lot better this week. I'm hoping you can hear it in my voice. I'm still a little bit short of breath, but apart from that, uh, like I've not got a sore throat anymore. I'm not feeling like the tenseness that I was from having the heart issues. And uh, yeah, I- I'm doing a lot better than I was, let's say. Hopefully you've all had a good week, of course. Of course, drop me a message over on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club, plus being the word plus. And of course, just let me know how you've been doing. It's always nice to be able to hear from people. Now, though, it's time for the news. And I actually wanted to start this week off with some Star Wars news, especially considering that this last week, Disney officially announced the release date of the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which will make its debut on Disney plus on May 25th, which is actually the 45th anniversary of when we were first introduced to the character in the original Star was film and you hope i'm really looking forward to this series and i'm hoping that we get a trailer very soon as well but i'm just excited that we've got a release date for this and i'm just looking forward to exploring that time in obi-wan's life between episode three and episode four it's set about 10 years after episode three so he's been on tattooing for quite a while and it'll be nice to be able to learn what he's been doing maybe get some sort of flashbacks over the last 10 years but i did also see a rumor early this week from um what is it called? The Bespin Bulletin, I think it is. 
that we may see the appearance of the Grand Inquisitor in the series. Of course, anyone who's seen Star Wars Rebels will know of the Inquisitors in the Grand Inquisitor. And the rumour is that he could potentially be played by the hitman actor Rupert Friend. However, of course, Disney is yet to be able to confirm any of this, and we'll have to wait and see on that. But I did think that that was really interesting, because the character did make an appearance in Rebels, which is set after um, the Obi-Wan series. So it'll be interesting to see how those two cross paths, if they, of course, do. But I'm just, like I say, I am just looking forward to this series in general. I loved Ewan McGregor's portrayal of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the prequel trilogy. So, uh, yeah, I think that this is going to be a really good series. It was also reported this last week by Production Weekly that another Star Wars series will begin filming this June. It's unknown which series this will be, as it's been hidden from the production with the uh, working title called Grammar Rodeo. However, fans who have been following the filming schedule expect this to either be the Ahsoka series, which is set for filming in spring, or the Acolyte series, which is expected to start filming in the summer. However, of course, this could still be as uh, an as yet unannounced series, or one which has not actually had a filming date, such as the Lando series. And, of course, if I hear anything, I'll be sure to let you know, but... Uh, I'm just looking forward to all these Star Wars series. Like I say, I've really enjoyed Book of Boba Fett and The Mandalorian so far. I'm looking forward to the Obi-Wan series and, of course, the Andor series, which has been filming as well. And, yeah, I think they're doing a really, really good job with this. And, uh, yeah. Speaking of the Ahsoka series, though, it was actually reported this last week by The Hollywood Reporter that actor Ray Stevenson, who voiced the character Gar Saxon in the Rebels series, has actually joined the series in an as-yet-unknown role. However, of course, due to his history with the Rebels series and also the amount of Rebels characters which have been joining the series and we've seen the casting rumours for those, of course, it could be that we may see him reprise his role in live action in some way. Those who followed Rebels may speculate on how this may be. I'm not going to spoil anything for Rebels, although I do know a, a bit about this character from researching it. Um, those who don't know, Gar Saxon is actually a part of the Clan Vizsla sect of the Mandalorians, and he was actually the ruthless leader of the Imperial Super Commandos, a group of Mandalorians who were actually really loyal to the Empire. However, of course, it could be that there's a strong possibility that he'll play an as-yet-unannounced character in the series. We'll just have to wait and see on that one. But uh, I just thought it was really interesting that they'd actually hired him and he had voiced a character on Rebels previously. Moving on to a little bit of Marvel's news now. Netflix actually announced this past week that their Marvel series, including Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Defenders and The Punisher will actually be leaving Netflix on March 1st due to the license to air the series expiring and those licenses then reverting back to Disney. It's actually speculated that these will move to Disney Plus sometime in the near future. However, at this time, Disney hasn't confirmed anything which actually means that I have to make sure that I watch the final season of Daredevil before I actually don't get a chance to be able to watch it anymore. So, uh, yeah, I've got to really uh, cram all of those episodes in over this next month. But, uh, no, I think this is a positive thing. Of course, we have seen some of the actors reprise their roles in Disney projects recently, including, of course, the actor who played uh, Wilson Fisk appearing on the Hawkeye series. We've also seen Charlie Cox reprise Matt Murdock in the Spider-Man film as well, I'm sorry if that's a spoiler for anyone, but uh, I have seen the clip from that and it looks absolutely fantastic. And of course, this just leaves room now that all of these properties 
her going back to Disney, it leaves room for Disney to be able to not only air them on Disney+, Plus but potentially even expand upon them with new series as well. So, uh, yeah, crossing my fingers and knocking on wood for that one because I think that that would be a really, really good thing to be able to do. And like I say, I absolutely love the Daredevil series and I just wish that I'd been able to afford the time to finish watching it and... uh, I'm hoping I'll get that sometime before March 1st when they leave Netflix. Deadline also reported this last week that Anthony Ramos has joined the upcoming Ironheart Marvel series in an as-yet-unknown role. Deadline reports that his involvement in Ironheart will be a minor role, however that his character that he'll be playing will have a larger role in the MCU going forwards, which actually sounds like a really interesting character, and to be able to know going into this series that the character that he will be playing may be involved in other upcoming Marvel projects, whether it be TV series or other films, it must be a central character to the MCU. And yeah, I'm looking forward to finding out who this is. A few of the Marvel actors actually have had projects announced this past week. Benedict Cumberbatch will narrate a new series called Super forward slash Natural. I'll, I had to put the forward slash in, the, in there, otherwise you'd have thought it was the supernatural series from the cw anyway uh, the supernatural series from national geographic is actually directed by james cameron and will explore the super senses and powers of the world's most extraordinary animals brie larson is also going to be producing a series called growing up which is described as a hybrid docuseries that explores the challenges triumphs and complexities of adolescence through 10 compelling coming-of-age stories and then finally jeremy renner will starring a new four-part docuseries called renovations yes it is actually themed on his surname And that will actually explore the actor's passion for giving back to the communities around the world by reimagining unique purpose-built vehicles to meet each of the community's needs. And that final series is the one that's most interesting to me because to, to explore these sorts of things that he's doing to be able to give back to these communities and uh, the purpose-built ve- purpose-built vehicles, sorry, I'm struggling to get my words out there, actually sounds like something really interesting to be able to see as well. We also had a few trailers this last week for the upcoming projects that Disney have got coming up, including a new full trailer for the upcoming Lightyear movie, which is coming from Pixar, of course and wow i loved this trailer i know that when it was very first announced i was apprehensive of it and when we saw the teaser trailer of course uh, not too long ago actually that actually kind of perked my interest for this project and kind of got me excited for it and this trailer has just done that extra bit now and i am really looking forward to seeing this movie i love the toy story franchise anyway and i would have seen it regardless but this trailer in particular just I don't know, it just brings so much nostalgia to this uh, character and the universe that they're trying to build around it. So, of course, we got to be able to see Buzz Lightyear in action. We got to see some of Zerg's robots and also a a bit of a tease of Zerg himself as well. So, uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to this movie. And, uh, yeah, it's actually not going to be too long before it's going to be out. I think it's only in the next couple of months. I should have actually prepared that for my notes, actually. That is my own fault. Another trailer that we did see this past week was... 
for the upcoming Cheaper by the Dozen film coming to Disney Plus on March 18th, which is going to be starring Zach Braff and Gabrielle Union. I did actually speak about this last week where um, Zach Braff had actually announced the release on his uh, podcast, which is Fake Fake Doctors Real Friends, which, again, you can find on all major podcasting platforms. It's actually produced by iHeart, actually. Anyway, I'm getting a little bit off topic, but he did say at the time that there was a trailer that was ready to go out there. It just hadn't been shown yet, and... uh, yeah, we got it this last week, and I'm actually really looking forward to this. I did show the trailer to my wife, and we, we were going a little bit backwards and forwards on it. Whilst it looks like a really good project, my wife, of course, loved the the previous movie starring Steve Martin, and the only thing that kind of struck us as odd is that they are using the same family name in this new film, but it appears to be a, a, a completely original story. Again, I'm not 100% sure on that. It could just be a modern retelling of, and yeah, I, I, we'll have to wait and see on that. But I did actually enjoy the trailer, and I enjoyed the comedy in it, and uh, yeah, I don't know whether it's because we've been watching Scrubs a lot recently. It just felt kind of natural to be able to see him in that role anyway. But uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to this, and like I say, it's not going to be long before that'll be out on March 18th. It was also announced by Disney this past week that the actress Catherine Zeta-Jones has joined the upcoming National Treasure series in a leading role. She will play Billy, a badass billionaire black market antiques expert, and also a treasure hunter who lives by her own code. She has transformed herself from a penniless orphan into a shrewd, stylish businesswoman and also an adventurer. Billy's used to getting what she wants, and she wants the Pan-American treasure, but not just for the money. This treasure also has deeper stakes for her. I'm really looking forward to checking out this series. I love the original films, and actually we're going to be covering the first one in upcoming uh, Weekly Movie Club, so yeah, look forward to that coming soon. But this sounds like a really interesting character to me as well, and to be able to bring Catherine Zeta-Jones into this, a really big-name Hollywood actress, that shows that they're really putting the effort into this production and yeah I, I'm, I'm excited for it nonetheless and i am also hoping crossing my fingers that we may see some of the original actors and actresses from the previous uh, films pop up potentially throughout this series but yeah i'll cross my fingers on that one but yeah we'll look forward to a national treasure weekly movie club in the next couple of weeks Deadline also reported this last week that the actress Michelle Yeoh, who many may have recently seen in the Shang-Chi film, and also if you're a sci-fi fan like myself, you may have also seen her in Star Trek Discovery, she's going to be joining the original series American Born Chinese, which tells the story of Jin Wong, an average teenager juggling his high school social life with his immigrant home life. When he meets a new foreign student on the first day of the school year, even more worlds collide as Jin is unwittingly entangled in the battle of Chinese mythological gods. It's described as a genre-hopping action comedy that explores issues of identity, culture, and family. It sounds really, really interesting. I'm looking forward to finding out more about this project. When I read the description of it, it sounded more like a, a different telling on the Percy Jackson stories, which of course is themed around the Greek gods. And for this to be centered around Chinese mythological gods, it just had had that sort of link in my head because I've been reading those book books recently, and of course talking about the upcoming Percy Jackson series. But uh, yeah, looking forward to finding out more about this project. 
Disney also announced this past week an original Disney Channel movie titled The Naughty Nine, which is described as uh, Ocean's Eleven at the North Pole, which follows fifth grader Andy, who has been in a bit of a troublemaker this past year. When Christmas morning rolls around and Andy gets stifled by Santa, he realises he's on the naughty list. Feeling unfairly treated, Andy pulls together a crack team of fellow naughty listers to execute an elaborate heist to get the presents he and the others feel they deserve. However, in the process of finding their gifts, the gang begins to believe that Christmas is more about giving than taking. It sounds like an interesting project, this one. I think it's going to be a Disney Channel original movie from what I can tell from the description that I've read. And no release date is currently scheduled. However, as soon as we get any more information on that, I will be letting you know. Moving on, it was announced this past week that Rita Ora and Sharon D. Clark have joined the cast of the upcoming Beauty and the Beast prequel series in key roles. Aura will play a fugitive with his surprising abilities who carries with her a secret that could potentially affect the entire kingdom. And Sharon will play Claire Lafayette, the overprotective matriarch and the noble of the Layette family. However, she was once a swashbuckling adventurer. However, it has been reported this last week that filming has now been put on hold until sometime in the summer, so uh, it could be that some of the casting announcements that we've had over this past six months could change if filming schedules conflict but as soon as i see any more information on that i will be letting you know of course with filming being put back it could be that any potential release date that they had in mind could also be put back as well but uh, again we'll keep an eye on out for for more news on that as it's announced a few other short stories that i did want to cover disney announced this past week that they are bringing back the hit series future armor with 20 new episodes which are going into production only later this month and those will be aired sometime next year and we also received some more news in the form of a description for the upcoming second series of Big Shot. Disney said that in season two, Marvin returns to Westbrook with a new fire, ready to show the girls that the basketball team belongs in D2. Marvin's latest plan is to get the team broadcast on ESPN, and his method is to recruit an unlikely player, Ava, a gutsy beach volleyball phenom whose public tantrum got her ousted from her own sport. Between losing their assistant coach Holly to a rival school, new friction among the teammates, and a sudden unexpected proximity to boys and off-the-court disasters that no one could have predicted, this season the Westbrook Sirens have even more to prove. Of course, anyone who followed along with the Big Shot series and also the podcast throughout that time will know that I absolutely loved the Big Shot series. I loved how they were able to go into each of those characters and explore them and just give you a lot of background to them and how Marvin changed across the course of the season and became more of a father figure towards these girls at the end of the season than the 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 guy trying to prove himself after being ousted from a former basketball team so uh, yeah really looking forward to, the, to this season I don't think we've had any news yet on when it will be released however I will be looking out for that and finally this week we received the nominations for the upcoming 94th Academy Awards with Disney-owned projects receiving multiple nominations including West Side Story which actually is going to be debuting on March 2nd actually so I've, I've left that out of the news i wanted to include it here but uh, yeah march 2nd if you're looking forward to that one west side story has received seven nominations for best picture actress in a supporting role directing costume design sound cinematography and also production design summer of soul has also been nominated for the best documentary feature Encanto, Raya the Last Dragon, and also Luca have all been nominated for Best Animated Feature, 
Encanto has also been nominated for Best Original Score and also Best Song with Dos Oritorogos. I have no idea how to pronounce that. I am very sorry for anyone who does speak Spanish and is able to pronounce that properly. But yeah, I was very glad that it was not the Bruno song. (laughs) Sorry. It's not the best song in the world. I don't know why it's got so high in the charts. The kids absolutely love it, but yeah, not for me. There are other songs in that film that are far superior. But I did find it interesting that Encanto, Ryan and the Last Dragon, and Luca are all lumped into the same category. Uh, Of course, they are animated features, but it feels like they've been released over such a long period of time and out of all of them i actually think i preferred luca out of those so but in fact if anything sorry i was about to move on then but out of anything everything i would probably rate Encanto at the bottom of that list luca is the favorite of mine out of those ryan the last dragon really enjoyed the story Encanto for me was just kind of average I enjoyed it it was a really good film I feel that the story was just lacking something though and the music could have just been better it's not Disney's best music that they've had in a film so uh, anyway just my personal opinion on that one I will move on though now uh, Cruella has also received a nomination for best costume design and also Free Guy was also nominated for the best visual effects this is actually awesome news for Disney who this past week announced that they were close to 130 million global subscribers so to be receiving a nom- nominations for all of these different films in all of these different categories they're definitely doing something right over there despite how some people may feel about how things are being managed currently and that's about it for this week's news what are you most excited for this last week let me know of course over on social media at at or forward slash the d plus club plus being the word plus or of course over in the social radio discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord or of course over in the social radio fun zone facebook group now though it is time for a brief break and then i'll be back with what's new and what's coming soon to disney plus this next week srsounds.com radio and we're back so what's new and what's coming soon to disney plus this next week of course this last week we had the finale of the book of boba fett and wow I know that the last couple of episodes have kind of taken a a side path, shall we say, from the main story, but in this final episode of the series, they brought all of those little storylines and, of course, the central storyline of the season, including all of those flashbacks that we got in the earlier episodes, all of those storylines were brought to a conclusion this season finale, and that is exactly what it needed. And yeah, absolutely brilliant episode. I do not want to spoil it for anyone who has not seen it yet, but uh, let's just say that it really sets up how Boba Boba Fett could play a a role in not only potentially a second series going forward, but also a role in the Star Wars universe, the TV universe going forward as well. So uh, yeah, I am looking forward to finding out when we may next see this character. I'm hoping that we could potentially get a season two 
because I did see that actor Tamara Morrison actually had an interview this last week. I can't remember what, who it was with, but he has said that if there was a season two, he would like to be able to hunt down Mace Windu for killing his father. Of course, we last saw Mace Windu in episode three in the films, and his fate, let's say, whilst it looked tragic was not actually confirmed so it would be interesting to be able to see how they tackled that if they did follow that kind of storyline into a season two but uh, yeah it sounds like it'd be a really interesting one if they did but i am looking forward to seeing boba fett pop up in a future series whether it's in the mandalorian season three in the ahsoka series or of course any of the other series that are currently in production what we've got to look forward to this next week though starting on wednesday we'll be getting the marvels assembled making of the eternals and in the u.s you'll be getting lost treasure of egypt season three and science of stupid where you will see videos of people getting injured or humiliated whilst using gadgets and then explaining the science behind these bizarre accidents over here in the uk we'll be getting big sky season two episode seven the wonder years episode nine queens episode five pam and tommy episode five the resident season five episode five miraculous tales of ladybug and cat noir season four episodes 15 through 20 mira royal detective season two episodes one through ten rel season one like me season two europe from above season two one Mississippi, seasons one and two, the Blackpink movie, and also, as I spoke about only a few weeks back, I actually think, we'll also be getting The French Dispatch, which is described as a love letter to journalists, set in an outpost of an American newspaper in a fictional 20th century French city that brings to life a collection of stories published in the french dispatch moving on to friday we'll be getting the winter special of the wonderful world of mickey mouse whilst in the uk we'll also be getting the films predator one and two buried secrets of cordoba and also jade eyes leopard and that's about it for this week what are you most looking forward to of course let me know over on social media and at or forward slash the d plus club or of course over in the sorcerer radio discord or the sorcerer radio fun zone facebook group and as it's quite a short week in terms of the releases that we've got coming ahead and we've not really got any kind of big releases like the book of boba fett mandalorian marvel series or anything like that i did want to include another new segment of aj recommends where of course i just scroll through disney plus i find a series that i may have watched or enjoyed sometime in the past and speak about it briefly spoiler free of course i don't want people to get spoiled if they do decide to be able to watch this series but this week i've chosen the tv series lost and I absolutely loved this series when it was on. I, I can remember watching the first series with my family, actually, and we all enjoyed it. I can remember us all sitting down weekly to be able to watch the latest episodes. And I just loved the mystery surrounding this series. Of course, we're introduced to this batch of characters where a plane crash lands and survivors are deserted on an island. And it's about their struggle to be able to survive, but also the mysteries that the island holds as well. And it's really interesting to be able to follow along with each of these characters each week. Not only discovering a little bit about them and their personality, but discovering more about their past and their reasons for being on that plane that left them stranded on this island. 
and also how this kind of fate has brought them all together. Of course, the series unfolded over was it five or six series, something like that, and the cast changed slightly over that time with new additions and people leaving. But I, I just really enjoyed this series from beginning to end. And even down to the very, very last season, there was always mystery in this season. It always kept you guessing and asking yourself more about much more about the story and what they were trying to show you and i do feel that in the, the final season it was able to wrap up all those stories in a good way it wasn't an expected way not by any means but uh, yeah i really enjoyed this series as a whole if you've watched lost let me know what you thought of the series if you haven't watched it let me know if you plan on checking it out on disney plus because that'd be really interesting to be able to hear back from people and i have toyed with the idea at some point in time maybe doing a watch along with some of these series where over the space of say for example a month we'd decide okay we're going to watch season one of this series and then it's your choice then if you decide to carry on watching that series going forward or whether we revisit in a future episode but let me know what you think of that idea just drop me a message of course on any of the social or of course community chat rooms or anything like that anyway enough of my ramblings i am going to take another short break now but after that i will be back with the weekly movie club that listening to the sounds of Sorcerer Radio can make one tap their feet and hum a familiar tune, even causing one to smile. Have you caught the sensation yet? Listen now at srsounds.com. This tape will now self-destruct. And now it's time for the Weekly Movie Club. And as I mentioned earlier, this past week's Movie Club movie has been Tron. So if you've never seen the movie Tron before, this is your spoiler warning. If you don't want to be spoiled, pause the show, go and watch the film, and then come back and join us for the rest of the podcast. Now, of course, with the spoiler warning out of the way, let's get right into the movie. Kevin Flynn is a leading software engineer, formerly employed by the computer corporation, Encom. However, he now runs a video game arcade and attempts to hack into Encom's mainframe system. However, Encom's master control program, or MCP, halts his progress. Within Encom, programmer Alan Bradley and his girlfriend and engineer Laura Baines discover that the MCP has closed off their access to projects. When Alan confronts the senior executive president, Ed Dillinger, Dillinger claims that the security measures are an effort to stop outside hacking attempts. However, when Dillinger privately questions the MCP through his computerized desk, he realizes that the MCP has expanded into a powerful artificial intelligence and has become power-hungry, illegally appropriating personal, business, and government programs to increase its own capabilities. Dillinger rose to the top of Encom by presenting Flynn's games as his own. The MCP blackmails Dillinger with information about his plagiarizing Flynn's games if he doesn't comply with its directives. Laura realizes that Flynn is the hacker, and she and Alan go to his arcade to warn him. Flynn reveals that he's been trying to locate evidence proving Dillinger's plagiarism, which launched Dillinger's rise in the company. Together, the three form a plan to break into Encom and unlock Alan's Tron program, a self-governing security measure designed to protect the system and counter the functions of the MCP. Once inside Encom, the three split up and Flynn comes into direct conflict with the MCP, communicating with his terminal. Before Flynn can get the information he needs to reveal Dillinger's axe, the MCP uses an experimental laser to digitize and upload Flynn into the MCOM mainframe cyberspace, 
where programmers are living entities appearing in the likeness of human users. The MCP forces programmers that resist to play in deadly games and begins putting Flynn in jewels. Flynn meets with other captured programs, Ram and Tron, between matches. Partnered, the three escape into the mainframe during a light cycle match. Light cycle is actually an arcade game that Flynn wrote the program for, and he's very, very skilled at. But Flynn and Ram become separated from Tron by an MCP pursuit party. Whilst attempting to help Ram, who was wounded in the pursuit, Flynn learns that he can manipulate portions of the mainframe by accessing his programmer knowledge. Ram recognises Flynn as a user, and encourages him to find Tron and free the system before de-resing, also known as dying. Using his new ability, Flynn rebuilds a vehicle and disguises himself as one of Sark's soldiers. Tron enlists the help of Yuri, a sympathetic programme, and at an IO tower receives the information from Alan necessary to destroy the MCP. Flynn rejoins them, and the three board a hijacked solar sailor to reach the MCP's core. However, Sark's command ship destroys the sailor, capturing Flynn and Yuri, and presumably killing Tron. Sark leaves the command ship and orders its de-resolution, but Flynn keeps it intact again by manipulating the mainframe, while Sark reaches the MCP's core on a shuttle carrying captured programs. While the MCP attempts to absorb captive programs, Tron, who turns out to be alive and have survived, confronts Sark and critically injures him, prompting the MCP to give him all of its functions. Realising that his ability to manipulate the mainframe might give Tron an opening, Flynn leaps into the beam of the MCP, distracting it. Seeing the break in the MCP's shield, Tron attacks through the gap, and destroys the MCP in Sark, ending the MCP's control over the mainframe and allowing the captured programs to communicate with users again. Flynn reappears in the real world, rematerialized at his terminal. Tron's victory in the mainframe has released all lockouts on the computer access, and a nearby printer produces the evidence that Dillinger has plagiarized Flynn's creations. The next morning, Dillinger enters his office to find the MCP deactivated and the proof of his theft publicized. Flynn is subsequently promoted to CEO of NCOM, and is happily greeted by Alan and Laura as their new boss. Tron was released on July 9th, 1982, with a budget of $17 million. It then went on to make more than $50 million at the box office. The inspiration for Tron actually dates back to 1976, when writer and director Steven Leisberger became intrigued with video games after seeing Pong. He and producer Donald Kushner set up an animation studio to develop Tron, with the intention of making it an animated film. To promote the studio itself, Leisberger and his team create a 30-second animation featuring the appearance of the title character. Eventually, Leisberger decided to include live-action elements with both backlit and computer animation for the full-length feature film. Various studios actually rejected storyboards for the film before Walt Disney Productions eventually agreed to finance and distribute Tron. There, backlit animation was finally combined with the computer animation and live action. Tron actually received positive reviews from watchers and critics alike at the box office despite its moderate success. It then went on to spawn a cult following and has then expanded over the past four decades. Yes, you heard that right. Four decades. This year is the 40th anniversary of Tron. 
Tron went on to develop multiple video games featured around the film, including an arcade game as well as comic books and more. It's actually been rumoured that the arcade games actually produced more profit than the original film. In 2010, a sequel film was released titled Tron Legacy, and in 2012, a single-season tie-in animated series was released to bridge the gap between the two films. A third film is actually currently in development with the working title Tron Ares, which we actually only spoke about a few weeks back. There is also a theme park attraction themed around the Tron franchise in the form of Tron Light Cycle Power Run at Shanghai Disney, and also soon to be at Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World in Tomorrowland. And also between 2010 and 2012, there was also a nighttime show at Disney's California Adventure titled Electronica. Tron was also one of the first films to make extensive use of any form of computer animation, and it's celebrated as a milestone for the industry, though only 15 to 20 minutes of such animation was actually used in the film. Most of the scenes actually show digital terrain or patterns, or include vehicles such as light cycles, tanks, and ships. Because the technology to combine computer animation and live action didn't actually exist at the time, these sequences were interspersed with film characters. One of the computers actually only had 2 megabytes of memory and no more than 330 megabytes of storage, which of course is minuscule when you compare them to even a modern day smartphone. Yet of course, with the technology that they had available at the day, they were able to produce this masterpiece of a film. However, this did put a limit on the detail of the background, and at a certain distance they had a procedure of mixing in black to fade things out, a process called depth cueing. The film's computer effects supervisor, Richard Taylor, told them, when in doubt, black it out, which became their motto for the film. The computers at the time could not do any animation as we know it today also. The frames actually had to be produced one at a time. In some of the more complex sequences, like the Solar Sailor moving through metal canyons, each frame could actually take up to six hours to produce. There was also no way of digitally printing them on film either. Rather, a motion picture camera was placed in front of a computer screen, in a controlled environment of course, to then capture each individual frame. The pulsing flicker in some scenes in the computer world were actually the accidental result of a mix-up during production. Each black and white 65mm frame of film was actually printed on 20 by 16 inch Kodath high contrast film as high contrast positives. These were then used to print high contrast negatives. These positives and negatives were then colorized and used in the film. The Kodath was actually produced by Kodak in the necessary size as a special order, and the film boxes were numbered in order of each batch produced, so that there was a consistent film speed if used in order. However, this was misunderstood by the Tron crew, and they used them in any random order, which resulted in some frames being brighter or darker than others, and resulted in the flickers as the film sped and varied. Once this was actually found out, the film was used in order and production was kind of minimalised to have this effect. But in the end, producers actually added more flickers and zinger sounds, which were then meant to represent the computer world glitching. However, these were then digitally removed from the 2011 Blu-ray anniversary release as they were not in the original vision for the film and the producers believed that this distracted a little bit too much from the quality. Many Disney animators refused to work on this movie because they feared that computers at the time would put them out of business. In fact, 22 years later, Disney actually closed down its hand-drawn animation studio in favour of CGI animation. Hand-drawn animation was ultimately resumed at Disney at the behest of the new creative director, John Lasseter, 
who is also the head of Pixar, ironically a computer animation company. And finally this week, the film was disqualified from receiving an Academy Award nomination for special effects. This is because the Academy felt that at the time, using computers was classed as cheating, a decision which of course has changed over the last few decades. And that's about it for this week's movie. What did you think? I absolutely love Tron. Tron is one of my all-time favourite films, and I would say it's up there among maybe the top ten of the first sci-fi films I was ever introduced to, and even to this day, I love it. Don't get me wrong, the original film has not aged well, but I don't know, it's just got this sort of nostalgia for me, and yeah, I absolutely love the film. I love the story of the film. I think it's got this really interesting message about computers controlling our lives, which kind of was ahead of its time when you think about it, when in today's day and age, computers do literally control everything, and for someone with malicious intent could really cause havoc really that's that's kind of what i got from this message in the film but uh, yeah i absolutely loved tron and i i also loved the sequel i don't think i've ever seen the animated series but yeah no i really enjoyed the sequel i thought they did a very good job with it and i think that it will be one that will also be featuring in the movie club in the not too distant future i think i am planning to include that one in the schedule sometime later this year even so uh, yeah really really looking forward to that but uh, but yeah what did you think of the film? As always, I ask over in the Sorcerer Radio Discord, the Fun Zone Facebook group, and also, of course, over on my social media for people to be able to share their comments. So uh, let's see what you had to say this week. Sorcerer Radio's own Eric Allen, of course, the host of the Sorcom Review, said he loved Tron and the sequel. He says, on a side note, my first interview I ever did for Sorcerer Radio, and actually the first interview he really ever did, preview, period, was actually with Cindy Morgan, who voices Yuri in Tron. He said he was very nervous to get it all out, but uh, as soon as they began, she was a lovely person, and that nervousness quickly faded. She even agreed to do several liners for the station and also for the shows, and uh, when they did his, she accidentally said, well, hear it for yourself. Greetings, program. I'm Cindy Morgan, Yori from Tron, and you are listening to The Sorcon Review with Eric at Alien? I thought it was Alan. Oh, it is Alan. <laughs> It is Alan. <laughs> okay. Well, let's take another crack at that one. So, yeah, that was very funny. He did actually send me the the full file that they eventually produced. And, of course, they actually played on this in the end. And any longtime listeners of Sorcerer Radio will have definitely heard this clip before. Greetings, program. I'm Cindy Morgan, Yori from Tron. And you are listening to the Sorcon Review with Eric Alien. Or Eric Allen. Maybe that's it. <laughs> He said that they just laughed and rolled with it, and he says it's his favourite liner that he's ever produced. So, yeah, thank you for sending that over, Eric. We did have a little bit of a laugh about this earlier in the week, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I think that it's really nice that he was able to sit down with uh, Cindy Morgan to be able to do that interview, and also that she was able to record some liners, including the ones for the SORCOM review and also for the station as well. So if you ever hear her, this is that interview that uh, Eric is talking about. So, yeah, thank you for sending those over, Eric. Purple Frog says, We are Tron fans, and BMW, which I believe may be her daughter, has a room at her dad's house themed to Tron as well. So that's really interesting. I'd like to see some photos on that, actually, if you can post some of those and uh, yeah it'd be nice to be able to check those out and then finally this week we have tim on instagram who sent i've actually never seen tron before this week i have seen the sequel however i ne never really understood the fascination that people 
had with it. I think it's probably because I'm a little bit too young for when it originally came out. Actually, I was actually born after this, and I still watched it, but anyway, beside the point, he goes on to say, really enjoyed the film, and I now understand the sequel that a little bit better, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this series going forwards. So yeah, no, thank you very much for that. No, I, I really agree. Yeah, I say I was born after this film was released. It was originally released, of course, in 1982. I was born in 1986. So uh, yeah, I'm surprised that even uh, maybe I checked it out when I was younger. I think my dad introduced me to it. I think it was one of those things that had been released along the same sort of time that Star Wars had. And he had that sort of same interest as well. And he introduced me to it, I believe. So uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed this week's movie. We actually do not have a Disney his review this week because they had a very special interview this past week which you can check out of course over on their podcast you can find them of course on fridays on sorcerer radio at 1 p.m and 8 p.m eastern of course you can also find them on all major podcasting platforms remember if you want to send me your comments on the weekly movie club each week you can do so in the weekly movie club room in the sorcerer radio discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord or of course over on any of my posts on social media at at or forward slash the D plus club. Or of course over in the Sorcerer Radio Fun Zone Facebook group. And of course you can always leave me an audio comment on the movie on my anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash the D plus club. Moving on to next week though, we'll be watching the Pixar animated movie Wally. Until then though, hopefully you have a good week. Thank you very much for tuning in this week, and hopefully you can tune in again next time. Have a great one everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>